Welcome everybody online. Good evening. Love you. Bless you. Thank you that you're here. We're going to do, um, in case you want to let some of your friends know, we will start, uh, start ministering um, in about 15 minutes because of this word that God put as an, uh, a point of here's a way to, to walk into that, to that capacity to go out beyond the love that we carry in ourselves or for others, but to walk inside the love of God. So I want to share that, and we'll have time then to be in small groups at the end. So praise the Lord. So everybody, can you, um, I, I'm looking for about four testimonies because of, come on up, Eddie, because tonight we are going to look at, look at scriptures in 1 John chapter 1 and chapter 2. I want to, I believe God wants to establish a, a new picture of of combining truth that we're all very familiar with but it's very simply just all of a sudden illuminated it's that means of moving into the love of God that allows us to do extraordinary things out of the love for him and I, I'll just, just go from there but Eddie let's talk about the day of prayer appreciate that need to share to share something the Lord has done and I, I thought it Really, it's a good time to share it. Um, the relationship between my youngest daughter and, my, and her mom was strained during the pandemic. And uh, I told my wife, I said, the children are going to rise according to Proverbs 31:28, and call you blessed. Because she has spent a lot of her life homeschooling these kids, blessing them, teaching them. And uh, when my, young, my youngest daughter became very abrupt with her mother, I told her, I'm going to put her name in that basket. I'm going to pray for her. Six o'clock in the morning, uh, Kim and Suzanne and Larry poured out their hearts on behalf of my daughter. And a few days ago, my daughter called her mom, FaceTime her, and they had a glorious time. I was just there wondering. And then she turned to me and after about one hour of a good time with her, mm. she said, she never talks to me, she just calls you. You know, I said, we have her name in that basket, remember? She's going to rise and call you blessed. Yeah. So please, if you don't have your kid's name in that basket, please put them there. Yeah. God is going to do amazing things yeah. for us. You heard a lot of other testimonies already. So I just want to pray that over everyone, if I may. Please, yes. And... Uh, Lord Jesus, you are faithful and true. You are more faithful than we know. We exalt your name today, Lord. You said your promises for you and for your children. But as many as the Lord our God shall call. That promise we claim over every child in this place. For every one of them represent a holy seat to you. Thank you, Lord. We pray.
pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Thank you. Another, come on up, Peter. Beautiful. Well, I want to pick up and try to link what we had in our prayer time today to what passage you brought up, Pastor Stephen, uh, Genesis chapter 25. And um, Paul says this in Philippians chapter 3, starting with verse 7. But what things were gained to me, these I have counted lost for Christ. In the Old Testament, when Abraham and Sarai had their child, they lost something. <laughs> their hope for the generations to come forth from Hagar, and there was something better. There was a loss, but there was a gain, a much greater gain. In Jacob's case, where you are reading Jacob and Esau, we saw that Esau lost his birthright, but it was gained by Jacob. Probably ordained and destined by God to be that way. And today in our prayer time, uh, we had, we talked a lot about this passage because I believe that God is saying the things that we lost in 2021 and 20 and, and the years prior to that, there's going to be a great gain for us. Many people focused on the losses of what, what were taken away from us. But God has promised a great gain, great fruitfulness for us in this new year. So we need to recognize that many times in our life we have to <clears throat> Be willing to give up and have loss so that we can gain the better thing and have vision for that. And he goes on to say in verse 8, Yet indeed I also count all things lost for the excellence of the knowledge of Christ. And that's more than just head knowledge. It's intimate knowledge of Christ. Jesus, my Lord, from whom I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish actual word he used there was really dung that I may gain Christ and we begin to pray about the idols in our lives that God would expose and remove the idols and that would be replaced for something greater and he found in him and we and be found in him verse 9 not having my own righteousness which is from the law but that that which is through faith in Christ the righteousness which is from God by faith. And here's a key verse. That I may know him. Yeah. yeah. That's not academic book knowledge of him. He, he said, I had that already in my studies of the Old Testament. I, I gave all of that up. Religiosity and following the law. I gave that up as rubbish. Instead, now, the replacement of what I'm going to gain is that I may know that is yada, that is spiritual intercourse, relationship, intimacy mm -hmm. with him. And the power that comes from that because of his resurrection. 
and the fellowship of his sufferings being conformed to his death. Meaning that, as Paul said in other epistles, I die daily. Death is always replaced by life. Mm -hmm. Loss is always replaced by gain. But I have to be willing to give up the idols in my life so that I can attain, I can attain to the higher calling. If by any means I may attain to the resurrection from the dead. Not that I have already attained it, that is this perfection, this maturity, this death to life, or have already been perfected, but I press on that I may lay a hold of that for which Christ Jesus has also laid hold of me. And Brian Rogers went on to say, yeah, we're, we don't want to just know him, but we want him to know us. Mm -hmm. See, there's a two-way thing so that not only do I know Christ, but also that uh, that I, uh, not only that he knows me and that I know him, there's this uh, reciprocal thing going on in that relationship. And it ties together, even though most people don't see it this way, to Hebrews 13, 4, which says, let marriage be held in honor. When we talk about our marriage as the bride to Christ, how do we hold our marriage to Christ as the church in honor? And it goes on in Hebrews 13, 4 to say, and let the marriage bed be undefiled. That means in that marriage that we have with Christ, that there are no idols, nothing else that comes in between our relationship with him, our yada, our intimacy with him. And, and as Brian was praying, not only do we want to know him, and, and Marilyn Christensen brought up this too in the prayer time, is she said, well, I have a burden that we see knowing him, but that we see others, see the revival. The Lord, she said, gave me a vision of revival. And that's the point too, not just that we would know him and that he would know us and we'd have this wonderful relationship, but also that we would reproduce. Yep. That we would reproduce. The knowledge of the Lord and the promise in the scripture is the knowledge of the Lord will cover the earth like the waters cover the sea and I think it's more than just mental knowledge it's there's going to be an awareness of God a developing relationship of God with his people and God's called us to promote that to bring that forth and so we know him and he knows us in a marriage in the marriage it's not one the husband or the wife just enjoying the intimacy but there is the reciprocation from the other party and why so that we in our knowledge of one another would reproduce so he just don't doesn't want us to have a nice really good church Everyone's knowing the Lord and happy, and we're growing in the things of God. But he wants us to reproduce Amen. through our knowledge of him. So can we, yes. can we stand? Yes. And let's speak to this church, to the womb. We are the bride of Christ. Yes. We speak to the womb, the bride of Christ, to reproduce. Yes, Lord.
the knowledge of the Lord. Wherever we go in our work setting, in our neighborhood, in our family gatherings, in our travels, in our ministries, wherever it takes us, that we would reproduce. And that's, by the way, seemingly automatic. If you're intimate with somebody, there will be reproduction. And that's why the intimacy, the knowing is really important. And the knowing, being committed to the relationship with no idols. So I release that fruitfulness in every one of our bodies, souls, and spirits. In Jesus' name, I speak the wombs of the church, the womb of the church to be opened. Each one of us as part of the church, your spiritual wombs to be opened in Jesus' name for you to reproduce. I speak reproduction to all of us, to the whole church at large, to the ends of the earth, reproduction wherever they name the name of Jesus Christ. So can you do this with me? Can we sing this? I know you know the song. The greatest thing in all my life is knowing you. The greatest thing in all my life is knowing you. I want to know you, Lord. I want to know you, Lord. The greatest thing in all my life is knowing you. Amen. 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 Very good. Another, got time for another testament? Come on, David. to pop your popcorn because I'm not going to speak that long. Don't worry. I'm going to say, come back with a little bag of popcorn and just listen. No, I'm just, no, anyways, I, I just wanted to share, um, I'm going to pop this mic out because it's, it's difficult for me to use it in the standy thing. But um, yeah, I, I got COVID two weeks ago and it, and it like rocked me. Um, but you know, I'm better now. I'm negative. And it was just a crazy season. You know, I was isolated in my house for like 12 days, couldn't go anywhere, had to wait for a, a negative test. And like everybody does, you know, that's, the, that's what we're doing. You know, it's just the safe way to do things. And so, you know, in that, in that two weeks of just going through the pipe, you know, it was like really up and down. And there was even a day where I had to go to the hospital and just things were just crazy and chaotic. And I just... You know, I would talk to Diana, and I would talk to other people, and I just received so much prayer and so much love from this body, from people here, and even from other ministries and other churches and people who were reaching out and friends and people who I hadn't talked to in a long time were calling my phone, and people who don't talk about God a lot were, like, talking about God to me. And that was just a beautiful thing to see and be around. And I, I have, like, a new... I guess, appreciation for things. And, and I was sharing with Pastor Steve, we were texting today. I was texting him this morning. And so like a month ago, I just started getting really down around Christmas. You know, it's the happiest time of the year. But for me, it was like, I felt like life getting choked out of me. And so 
I just started to kind of become like sour and bitter and, and, and my joy just became smaller and smaller and smaller and I didn't, I didn't really care. And I just kind of became, uh, it's like spiritual hygiene. I just was like kind of negligent. I was like, eh, I don't really care. I don't really care. I'll just be depressed. I'm allowed to be mad. I'm mad at you, God. You're not doing what I want you to do. You're not, you're not doing what I need you to do. You do what I, what, you do what I need you to do. Wait, wait, where, where's your voice? I wasn't hearing anything. I wasn't feeling anything. I didn't, I just felt really cut off. But I was cutting myself off. And so it was like, no, God, you need to perform for me. God doesn't need me to perform for him. It's, it's love. It's relational. And like, you know, I know we know that, but like to really know it, in your heart is like a totally different thing and sometimes going through pain going through sickness or mental stuff or spiritual stuff or financial stuff or family stuff or whatever the stuff we're going through it, it, it it's used to remind you you know i was i was talking to uh, pastor diana and she was like god uses the devil as a as a tutor to get you strong and buff and and focused on him focused on Jesus, God will use the devil to like bring you back and in, 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 in bring you up higher, you know, kind of like with Job. And there's a lot of examples. So I know I'm rambling, but basically like today I got super blessed. You know, I, I woke up and I called my mom and I was like, I need to repent of all this unbelief. So we're on the phone and we're, you know, we're praying and we're speaking in tongues and just going off. And she's like, just repent, son. It's okay. Talk to God. I'll be on the phone agreeing with you. And she was like, every prayer you, we were, you're, everything you're declaring out of your mouth is everything I've been asking for prayer for you in my women's Bible study. She goes to women's Bible study every week. She's like, this is confirmation, but it's coming from you. Did anybody make you say this? I was like, no, this is from me. She's like, oh, thank you, God. Thank you, God. And, you know, because she's my mom and she loves me as, you know, awesome moms love their kids and awesome dads love their kids. And so, you know, I, I just, I just pressed in today and I was having that COVID fatigue and anxiety and like, oh, what can I do? Can I step over here? Can I do this? And I just kind of pushed myself today and I talked with people and friends who kind of helped me along the way a lot, but, you know, I didn't know how I was going to pay my rent. I had lost a job around Thanksgiving, transitioned to a temp job. That job dried up, got a new job, worked two days and got sick with COVID. And so it was like bad thing after bad thing after bad thing. And so God opened this door. Somebody paid my rent. They paid almost $1,000. Uh, it was a, an organization where they usually take a week to approve you. Is it okay to keep going? Yeah, Let me know but, if I'm... but no, yeah, you've got one okay. minute. You've got so one minute. So I'm rambling. And then I want to pray real quick. Yeah. And so they, they approved it where it would have taken like, I don't know, like four or five days a week. They approved it in, in, in a few hours. And they said, we're going to pay $850 to your landlord directly because I didn't have the money. Yeah. And I was freaking out. So, and then I've had calls for work for other jobs and I may or may not take that. But just the fact that it's coming in and so, so I went through... The craziness. What were you gonna say, Pastor? Steve? I want you to. I want you to stop, yeah, and I want yeah, you yeah. to pray. I want you to pray that. Let's do it. That strength for us, each of us, to press Absolutely. through. Absolutely. To press through whatever we're supposed yeah. to. Yeah, so we need to press through. I, I like doing this. You don't have to do this, but I, I think it's awesome. 
You can put your hand on your heart or any part of your body that's like not working right or whatever it could be. Maybe you don't know what, what's tripping out, but we're just going to pray anyways. So, Lord, we just believe and we thank you and we receive all the <laughs> gifts in heaven. We thank you for clear minds and clear, uh, clear spirits and clear souls that we're able to connect to you without any uh, perversion uh, in the air, trying to come through and, and cut out the Holy Spirit, any static, any just wackiness that's not of the kingdom of God. We rebuke it in the name of Jesus. And we're reminded that there is a demonic war against the kingdom of heaven. There are demons and things that we cannot see and angels and they're, they're fighting. This is going on right now and we, we can't get caught up in all this stuff. We got to remember that there's a war going on and that we're in the middle of this thing. So I just thank you, Lord, that you're equipping people to receive blessing and that blessings won't just go up from underneath them, that Jesus really is alive inside each and every single person in this room watching online in the middle of Zimbabwe, in the middle of Afghanistan, and the North Pole, wherever you are. If you're a Christian, Jesus is inside you. Yes. Jesus is on the earth, but he's in you. If you're a believer, he's in you, and he's, and he's happy. And he's like, let me spring up out of you and make your life great. So I just thank you that you're doing that yes. with us, Lord, that you're letting us just walk into new places to receive you. And we just thank you, Lord. We just thank you for life. Thank you for the gift of life. In Jesus' name, amen. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right, you may be seated. I want to quickly bring this word to on Sunday. We will be having, or Saturday, uh, my mom's memorial service. You're all welcome. Thanks for all the prayers. Thank you for, again, the incredible blessings that are already, I believe, being experienced. I know I am, and I know it will be for the house. And that'll, so we'll be at 10 o'clock here in the, in the sanctuary. Uh, when I had the encounter last Wednesday with the family of Jacob and his 12 sons and this whole transition and how God did it in such an in, impossible way and, and how much hard hearts had to harden to hold their positions of what they did and where they were and how they were going to hold their place. And finally, it just breaks with Judah saying to Joseph, who's now in his mind the Egyptian uh, ruler, that's going to take Joe, uh, his younger brother Benjamin and put him into prison as a slave for himself for the rest of his life and knowing he had made a promise to his father, I'll go with the lad, I'll bring him back to you and if I don't, it'll be on me. And he's having to tell the story of how this is gonna break my father's heart and I can't do this, so take me as a slave. So the man who had masterminded the slavery sale of Joseph now was the one who offered himself to be a slave, but not because he loved Benjamin, because he loved his father. And I've been meditating, and as I was sitting in this uh, Sunday morning ready, the Lord brought me to 1 John 1 and 2, and, and it was like in a split second, I saw many scriptures we're all familiar with, but I saw them how they really are a kind of a posture of, of just submission to truth that allows us to go into places we could never go, even if we wanted to, tried to, had all the emotions committed to it, the strongest wills set in motion in place, or the, the greatest minds. It was through what God gave us through the Son. So I'm going to work backwards to begin because a lot of times if I go through the first chapter, we, we'll get there and we think it kind of stops, but it doesn't. It keeps going. So if you'll allow me uh, to start in chapter 2, verse 6. 
And we're just going to go from 6 to 11. I'm, I'm, it's going to be a mini teaching. It's kind of like a seed. I encourage you, you'll find the, the seeds of, of uh, John 15 that are now matured in J this first John. This epistle is probably written 60 years after the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And this man had intimate fellowship uh, with the, the, uh, the Lord. And so he has a whole different gospel than all the others. He has a whole different take. He was called the son of thunder. Him and uh, uh, James, they were two hot-headed guys who were ready for a fight and thought the, uh, the will of God was to kill people and move people out of the way if they didn't commit to God's way. And now he's called the apostle of love. How, how do you get that? So here's how he got it. And, and then we'll backwards. We'll go. He says in verse 6, He who says he abides in him ought to himself also walk just as he walked. Brethren, I write no new commandment to you, but an old commandment, which you've heard had from the beginning. The old commandment is the word which you've heard from the beginning. This is so much... The word, the logos, it's not the rhema, it's the logos, it's the Bible we're reading. That's the old commandment we've had from the beginning. That's not rewritten and it's not re remitted, removed. It's, uh, it's not the, the law to salvation, but it's still the truth of relationship and fellowship. And, and just like Peter said, you, you could have uh, marriage in Christ to be honorable but you have to keep yourself from fornication and adultery. Whenever you read in God's relationship with Israel about fornication or adultery, it all means idolatry. It means you take another lover, another one whom you try to. So it's things that are in place, and that's something we're to stay in. So if the new commands, the old, it's the word which you heard from the beginning. Again, a new commandment I write to you, which is true in him, um, no, let me, did I, can you go back to verse, you know, that would be right. Uh, yeah, first, uh, you're right, I'm wrong. Again, a new commandment, I write to you that which is true in him and in him because the darkness is a pass away, the true light is already shining. Uh, what is the new commandment? It is uh, to love one another. It's the, uh, he who says he is in the light and hates his brother is in darkness until now. And verse 10, he who loves his brother abides in the light and there is no cause for stumbling. And he who hates his brother is in darkness and walks in darkness and does not know where he's going because the darkness has blinded his eyes. So, um, oh, I see where this, I was looking for a verse and it's actually verse 5 is where I should have started. Or verse 4. Let me just do verse 4 and 5, and I'll tie this together. And I think then when we go to chapter 1, we'll really appreciate the, the back and forth. He who says, I know him, and does not keep his commandments, is a liar, and the truth is not in him. Whoever keeps his word, logos, which is his commandments, it's, it's, his, it's his vocabulary of, of who he is and who we are in who he is. Jesus said, abide in my word, you'll... You will know the truth. Truth will make you free. It says if we keep his word, value it, hold it. Stay back, 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 back five. The, truly, the love of God is perfected in him. 
So this whole epistle is about walking in love. How does love find perfection? It's in keeping the word. It's dwelling in the word. The, the going through the scriptures like we're doing. It's staying in the word where this love then becomes matured. By this we know we are in him. When the love of God is maturing within us because we're keeping inside his word, that, that's then we we're told to walk as he walked. And then it's told the first part of the walk is to hold ourselves in the word, which Jesus was huge about. Everywhere he went, to anyone he spoke who believed in him, he said, you got to continue abide in my word. So now that we know what to do, let's go back and look at the promise and this fruitfulness and this desire to have a relationship that's not based on from me to you and you to me. It's based from the Father, from the Son. So in chapter 1, verse 1, uh, I love this. This is, this is the essence of fruitfulness that Peter was speaking of. And it's the simple word called fellowship. It's, 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 part, it's, beyond, it's, it's from relationship, but it's, it's walking together. It's walking in uh, unity, it's walking in uh, uh, partnership, partaking. So is that which we, was from the beginning, we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we've looked upon and our hands have handled concerning the word of life. All of his epistles, he refers to Jesus as, as we know him to be the word, the word of life. That life was manifested, and we've seen and bear witness and declare to you that eternal life which was with the Father and was manifested to us. That life is in the Son, and that life is manifested. And which we have seen and heard, we declare to you that you also may have fellowship with us. And truly, our fellowship is with the Father and with the Son, Jesus Christ. <clears throat> So the whole totality of the word made flesh, the word becomes sin for us, the word is raised from the dead, the word is called forth the new creation, uh, the word is in heaven. This is the testimony we're declaring to you, that you also may have fellowship with us, and our fellowship is with the Father and with the Son, Jesus Christ. So that's, that's our desire, that's our, that's our invitation, that's our place to walk together, kononia. And these things we write to you that your joy may be full. So many things that flow out of an abiding relationship where we, we submit ourselves and return to the word every day and let the word of God speak to who we are and submit to the word and what it says of our God and our Lord. So this is the message. Now here we're going to do a bunch of simple back and forths which we all walk through, but it's important that we accept the way he puts them out. This message we heard from him and declared to you that God is light, and in him is no darkness at all. So, so there, there was in the 60-year maturity of the body, there were people now beginning to operate in all kinds of you know, gradations of the faith. Some even believed that Jesus had not become in the flesh. It was just a uh, uh, so there was not an incarnation. So there was things that he's speaking to. And he says, God is light, and in him there's no darkness at all. If we say we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we, do, we lie and do not practice the truth. So the first challenge, and I'm, I'm the first to admit I'll be in these challenges the rest of my life because it's part of being and walking through the earth. 
we can be declined. I'm in fellowship with him, and it's just wonderful. But I'm walking in darkness. Instead of the marriage bed is undefiled, it's in, it's in some form of adultery with idolatry. Who knows? But if we are doing that, we lie and aren't practicing the truth. So now we have light and darkness. Now we have truth and lie. The truth is Jesus Christ. The lie is that we can do and live apart from Jesus Christ and, be, and accomplish whatever it is that we hope to be without Jesus Christ. And David did a perfect testimony of what happens when we stop giving Jesus Christ preeminence and pursuit. He, we, 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 we are out of, we go into the lie. We go into ourself. We're going to do it. We gotta, then we get angry and frustrated and blame others. But if we walk in the light, this is the practice of fellowship, to walk in the light as he is in the light. So that's when I wake up in the morning and I go, I want to walk with you to the means to which I understand you are and who you are, and I want to have fellowship with you. And you become conscious of the blood of Jesus Christ, his son cleansing us from all sin. Now, I want you to know, without it being any kind of condemnation, because it means nothing in the sense of your acceptance, because your acceptance is because of Jesus. But how many blew it today somewhere? You know, did stupid, you know, made a mistake. Wish you had, you know, re retract. Can I retract what I just said? Can I, can I, you know, all that. That's sin. Sin is missing the mark. You know, you, you're shooting for that window and you hit the door. You end up in a place you didn't want to be. You might have had a great intention, but you failed. That's sin. So we have fellowship. We're flowing because we're doing, we're just walking with him. And, and there's a constant flow of God's blood that is recognized as a cleansing freedom and we're, we're walking in a really good place. But then he contrasts that. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. I know when I begin to think I have no sin is usually when I'm beginning to drift from that fellowship in the light. And I begin to kind of rationalize where I am, who I am, what I did. Like I keep thinking about what those uh, 10 brothers did on the way home to tell their dad, here's this coat, You're, anybody you know who owns this coat? And just having to have the hardening of their heart the whole way to home. And they still were going to have love with their father. They were going to have fellowship with their father. They tried to comfort their father. They were going to stay in relationship, but they were no longer in fellowship. And they were deceiving themselves. And what happens is that sin is deceptive. And once it's, it's, we say we have none, it's already deceived us to think we, we're, we're just, you know, like we see again, we're starting to do it ourselves. We can, what we're doing is fine. What, what we're doing is okay. Everything's okay. But the truth then is it can't be in us. If we confess our sin, no, now here's the, here's the flip-flop, here's the way you get out. Once I become aware, man, that was a dumb thing. I shouldn't have done that. Wish I wouldn't have. There goes my temper. There goes my anger. There goes my self-dependency. Uh, Lord, uh, if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So then once again, fellowship is restored. Union is complete. Enjoyment and walking. Now, the, that is for, I think, all of us in and out throughout the day. The, you know, the ancient uh, Christian mystics would say, if you want to practice God's presence, you're placing your attention toward him, you're, you're giving him preeminence, you're worshiping him, and you'll drift. But as soon as you drift, don't condemn yourself, return. Well, it's just like walking with God. You just keep returning. I'm, every day I'm just returning. And I'm not letting that become the, the, 
the problem. A lot of people with, with, without, when you don't have a sonship relationship and you have a servant mindset, you think you're here because you do well and you, if you don't do well, you won't be here. And it puts you in a funky place that you can't have sin. You can't tell me I did anything wrong because if you tell me I did something wrong, that makes me feel bad. And if I feel bad, then I can't feel love. And if I can't feel love, then I start to wonder if God doesn't really love me, which is because you don't have the word as the authority that's telling you that you are in this place of love and you have, to, you have to accept it from what God said. So then he says this next thing. If we say we have not sinned, we make him a liar and his word is not in us. So in this union of, that had fellowship, walking in the light and not into, and there, there can be a drifting in my heart in my mind, I'm still inside relationship, but I'm drifting because I am now beginning to say, I'm not sinning. I have no sin. This isn't about what I've done. I'm not doing anything wrong. It's a Job issue. Job's being forced to try to defend himself, and his accusers are telling him, everything that's happening to you is because you have sin. They're both out of order, and his friends are far worse because they're just, they're just drilling him and if we've ever been drilled and you're not but at the same time he's not going you know what what is the issue dad how can i respond to you how can i resubmit myself back into a fellowship what are you trying to get at we're going to find out he was trying to get at the leviathan the pride in his heart but he wasn't able to get there because he kept defending himself as having perfect integrity so back and forth sin how to get out of it confess it if you say you have not sinned, then you've just shut down. You've made God a liar, and his word's not in us. So now the word is losing its authority. So uh, verse 1 of chapter 2. My little children. Now I wanted to read the answer before we got to the problem. My little children, these things I write to you so that you may not sin. And if anyone sins, we have an advocate with the Father. Remember, sin has missed the mark. I, made, I did stupid. I, made it, I now look back. I regret it. I missed the place. But if we, if we do sin, anyone sins, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous, which is the whole totality of relationship to, have, to be influenced by God is to be in Christ and to let who Christ is be for, for us everything and nothing that we are is coming from us. And he goes on, he says, and he himself, Jesus Christ, is the propitiation or the atonement for our sin. That's why if we return to Jesus for the smallest matter, for the, a, a bad attitude, a grumbling, a speaking evil, yelling at the TV, whatever we might do, that he quickly is, he said, I paid for that. I'm the propitiation. I prepared for and be atoned for our sins. And not only for ours only, but also for the whole world. Now we can begin to come, ex, become extricated out of the circumstances and situations and the scenarios and the things that we've done to a point where we don't have to be going, well, now that I'm here, I'll never get out of here power of God that showed up in, in, in Joseph's house that, that afternoon when 
the the, the fellowship and the friend and the, the meal together and the demonstration of the inside knowledge that someone must have of them and the five-fold portion for Benjamin and then the, the travel and then the heartbreak when the the silver cup is found in Joseph's belongings, not, or Jay, excuse me, Benjamin's belonging. Now Benjamin, who has been favored at the meal, is to be a slave, and Judah stepping up. There's something that happens when you begin to touch the propitiation of our sins, the the one who's touched it. And and I don't. I'm I'm learning that I touch him every day. I learn that when I touch, I'm touching him. And, he's, and I'm experiencing this ongoing cleansing from all sin, this ongoing advocate, this current one who's saying, I didn't, I saved you to know you, and I never expected you to be able to stay saved on your own. You're dependent upon who I am, my grace that I give, and what I've done, and my accomplishment, and my intercession, and so on. So then you can now, now, now we can go to the finishing, and we'll close this, and, by, and now we know, and now by this, we know him, if we keep his commandments. How do I know him? By keep, what are his commandments? Is being in here. Just staying every day inside his word, not intellectually, but having the experience of Jesus in the word and letting something influence me. That's beyond my ability to manufacture that kind of influence. And Sunday we're going to talk about for Christ's sake. There's some powerful things that happen that can only happen except for Christ's sake. And it can't be for Christ's sake just because we choose to say this is for Christ's sake. It's something that really comes out of this place of grace. So when he says, I, I know him, and he doesn't keep his commandments, he's a liar, and the truth is not in him. So there's that whole point again. We're walking in darkness. We're saying, I know him, but you're not, you're not, you know, you don't, you don't value and place yourself inside and let the word of God wash over you and be everything. So he says, whoever keeps his word, the truly the love of God is perfected in him. By this we know we are in him. So the love of God is being perfected, not by trying to love, but by keeping his word. And keeping his word isn't doing it, it's valuing it. It means like, this is so, this, these words are so important, I don't get them, I can't do them, but they're so important that I can't lose them. I gotta keep them a part of me. I wanna, I wanna submit and sit in and rest and receive, and, re and that's what, for me, faith is becoming more and more accepting truth. And then the truth commands me into places I would never have had the audacity to go or the courage to go. He who says he abides in him ought himself also to walk just as he walked. So there again, we're now walking, walking the light as he is in light. Um, verse 7, please. So, brethren, I write no new commandment. He's not, so this daily abiding, this daily placing myself inside of the word, which is the means to fellowship, to walking in the light, to, to, be, to practicing the truth, to uh, being cleansed from all sin and fellowship, to come out of sin in, in confession, and to not go into uh, uh, the, the, the lie by, by denying what God's trying to probe and when he's trying to get my attention. 
I write a new commandment. Not, this is an old one, and you've heard it from the beginning. The old commandment is the word, which you heard from the beginning, the logos. So it's not about do this and don't do this. It's the totality of God made flesh that we have in this, these covers. A new commandment I do write to you, which is true in him and in you because the darkness is passing away and the true light is already shining. We may not see it, but we're in a transition from darkness to light. And the darkness is passing and the light is shining. And he who says he's in the light and hates his brother is in darkness until now. So now here's, the hate means love less. It means you love less than you could love. It's, it's, it, it, and it's, it has, it's not just like this vile hate. It can be just withdrawing love. But he says, you, um, the true light is already passing. He who says he's in the light, verse 9, and hates his brother is in darkness until now. He who loves his brother and abides in the light there is no cause for stumbling in him. So imagine this. Jesus said in John 15, I closed, I went five minutes, and I'm sorry for that, but I believe if you'll take the time and you came and online and just pause, meditate this. In John 15, after he said about abiding in Jesus, his word abiding in us and bearing much fruit, he goes immediately into abide in my love as I abide in my Father's love. If you... You will abide in my love if you keep my commandments, the word of God. If you value it and treasure it, just as I have kept my father's commandments, same word, because that's what it is. The commandment is the word. And then you will have this love. This love will enlarge. So the prayer is, Lord, I, I, want, to, I want your love to flow to me, and I want it to flow through me. I want your love for others to flow to me, and then through me. I cannot manufacture love, but you are love, just as you are light. And I want to, want to allow that so that I can walk with you. Verse 11, he who hates his brothers in darkness and walks in darkness and does not know where he is going because the darkness has blinded his eyes. So if you'll allow me, because we've gone, if you'll stand up and everybody online, I just, I believe there is a lot to, uh, Ponder, but if you, I want to pray the seed of what is being released, because the whole next five chapters is just all about this uh, life that's in the sun and its love that we're to walk in. Dear Heavenly Father, we acknowledge that you gave us your son so we could be one and we could have relationship, union, sonship, but that we could live in fellowship with the truth. And we, we understand that 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 fellowship is in the light, not in the darkness. And it's in the practicing of truth and not living inside the lie. And it is by walking in the light and not in the darkness. And it is in light that there is a constant flow of cleansing our conscience from dead works to serve the living God. We're aware that we are being accepted and we are living in freedom. But then when we miss marks and miss moments, rather than trying to push them aside, they didn't happen, we quickly return, confess, and you cleanse, and we continue on fellowship. Lord, when our heart drifts, and we, we've said no a few times, and we no longer listen to the prodding, and it's simple little things, then you, we, we begin to say we have no sin. It's so weird, but we do that. And then we begin to 
not just go into deception. We've actually called you a liar, and we don't believe your report. And then we are in this predicament because you really want us to live a life, and you even will tell us in chapter 3 that he who has the seed of God in him does not sin. So you really have a beautiful plan for us, but it's not originating out of us. And so you said, we've got an advocate, Jesus the righteous. Jesus the righteous is the advocate who is a propitiation for our sin. And not only for ours, but for the entire world. So at any moment when you want to call us into and we return into union, fellowship, and trust, that love that is, and that is in you for the world that was demonstrated in the propitiation of the sun, of the sins for the world, then, then all the sin can be quickly just, you can cut through anything because you're, you have authority over everything. We worship you for that. And we ask that you would help renew our commitment in your word. Even when we don't understand it, we just read it unto you and listen. May those words become the most valuable thing, more than gold and silver, maybe than anything else, that they would just take that value so that we could abide in your love and your love would be perfected. And then that love would flow from us, through us, I should say, from you, through us, to others. And we would be that those channels of love that you, are, you have ordained to be in our midst and in our hard situations and the struggles that we're in. We thank you. We thank you that we're coming out of darkness anytime we step into your love and light shines and fellowship is restored and grace grows. So Lord, release it. Release it in every one of us and help us go forward and bring it forward even this Sunday morning, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Thank you, everybody. I'm sorry we didn't have our small groups, but please take and meditate and let this grow up in us. God bless.